Everybody, welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you want to reach us, please hit us up on our Instagram or our Twitter at the Big Mark Pod at the Big Mark Podcast. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to our channel so you know when our next video comes out. Wherever you're listening, please give us a five star review if you like the podcast. I know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps. Um, and if you ever want to support the podcast, please do at our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash big mark pod. Um, I was just watching, um, this great new series on HBO. Um, it was on Crave and I was just streaming it and it was tremendous. I kind of got into it a little bit on whim. I didn't really know too much about it. I kind of saw the cast and was like, man, this is unreal. And, uh, so, um, I started watching and I just couldn't get enough of it. I, I ate it up and I just finished watching the last episode and started up this podcast. So I'm fresh into it. I just finished it and it was really good. And, uh, in that series is winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. So it's obviously about, uh, the LA Lakers, the basketball team. And, um, it was created by Max Bornstein and it's based on the Showtime era Lakers. So Magic, Kareem, um, you know, all those guys there. And the most of the most of the plot of the of the show is based on the book Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the LA Lakers dynasty of the 1980s. Uh, by Jeff Perlman. Really interesting book. I've heard of it. I've never actually read it. I definitely want to check that one out though, but that seems really interesting. You know. It's interesting with true stories, right? Like, especially with books. I'll get into this a little bit more about actual biopics and, and movies about stuff that, that are that's real. Um, but, um, <clears throat> you know, the stories behind it, and, what, and if you have a good author that tells the story really well, you know, it can be pretty, pretty special. Um, the show premiered on March 6, 2022. Uh, and the pilot was actually directed by Adam McKay. Uh, the same guy directed or from Anchorman, The Big Short, Don't, Don't Look Up. So really, really, really interesting there. It's a cool, it has a really cool feel, the show. You know, um, there's there's just like, you know, obviously it's a period piece, so it's it's set in the, in the early 80s. But um, I think with technology and things getting better and better, and again, I'll touch on this later in this podcast, you know, things things are getting better, like representations of stories. Again, I think I mentioned this in, in podcasts of late. Now that things are happening, you know, hist- historically speaking, I mean, you know, I guess things that happened in the 90s was basically 30 years ago. So, you know, as, as period, as the time changes, you know, we can look back and still be fascinated because I heard a scary fact, you know, the 60s were to the 90s what the 90s are to today so that whole feeling where you know you'd watch in the 90s you'd watch a movie you know and it's set in the 60s ooh, cool groovy um that 
you know, seemed so much longer, you know, that 30 years was so much different from the 90s to the 60s than it is to today, it seems. It's obviously the exact same length of time, but I just mean, like, the feel of it. It's, yeah, it's a long time ago. It doesn't feel like a long time ago, and things haven't really changed as much drastically. You know, obviously, from the 60s to today is, like, night and day, but again, with, a, with the, you know, without, I guess the late 90s, the internet was kind of coming out, but like cell phones and social media, basically everything else is the same. Um, but we have so much more like data, I guess you could say, you know, there's so much more video and there's so much more information and, and you know, some of the people are still alive and can tell the stories. So I, th- I feel like whether it's, it's books or whether it's movies or what TV or whatever, um, they're all doing a much better job at actually representing these stories, which I think is fascinating. It's also weird also doing, like, representing characters and playing parts, especially for the actors, but any anybody even writing the stories, thinking about these people that are still alive and can be like, yo, man, I didn't do any of this shit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, um, like I said, the show follows the 1980s. Sh- <sighs> wow. <laughs> the show follows the 1980s Showtime era um, of the LA Lakers. So, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem, um, uh, Mike Cooper, you know, there's tons of guys on that team that were super stellar and, and really strong. And, you know, the show also talks a lot about, obviously, the the Celtics being the LA's b- biggest rival and, and Larry Bird. And it's really interesting um, I'll, I'll get into that later, but the character that they choose to play Larry Bird is, or sorry, the actor that they choose to play Larry Bird is really interesting. Some of the other, ca- some of the cast in the show, because it's a tremendous cast. Like I said, when I first started getting into the show, I, I realized who's who's in the cast, and I was like, I got to check this out. So uh, John C. Riley is in it, as we know from Step Brothers and Boogie Nights. He plays the Lakers owner Jerry Buss. Uh, Quincy Isaiah plays Magic Johnson. He this is kind of his first big acting gig, but he's really good. He's actually from Michigan, so it's funny he gets the accent really well. Um, Jason Clark plays Jerry West. He was in First Man and Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, Adrian Brody, as we know from The Pianist and French Dispatch, he plays Pat Riley, the the Lakers coach. Um, Jerry West is was the former former Lakers coach, but I guess the GM. Uh, anyway, he's involved. <laughs> uh, Gabby Hoffman plays Claire Rothman. Gabby Hoffman was actually the little girl in Uncle Buck, which is hilarious. She, she does a really good job. Uh, Tracy Letts as Jack McKinney. Jack McKinney is the original coach of the team of the Lakers, and he uh, has... A, I guess it's not a spoiler alert because it's true story, but if you haven't seen the show, he has a bike accident and has to leave the team. But he was in the big short and Ford versus Ferrari. This is the this is probably the one guy who really caught my eye. And I mean, apart from John C. Riley, that is. But Jason Siegel plays Paul Westhead, who uh, is the interim coach of the Lakers after um, um, Gabby Hoffman. Or sorry, oh my God, um, Paul Westhead is the is the interim head coach after Jack McKinney uh, gets injured, and then. Pat Riley becomes the interim interim head coach at one time, and this is this is what actually happens in real life when uh, Paul Westhead gets kidney stones. It's interesting. Today, I'm going to kind of talk about the show a little bit and kind of talk about what was actually happening in 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 real life because obviously, you know, that's that's how the show works. 
Um, Solomon Hughes does an excellent job playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, it's his first credit that I could find in my research, and he does a really, really good job. Um, I'll go into it a little bit more. It's interesting with casting. You know, not everyone's going to be identical look-alike. It's probably hard to find someone who looks exactly like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he has a pretty, uh, pretty specific look. Um, Sally Fields plays Jesse Bust, who is uh, Jerry Bust's mother, and she helps Major with the team. Obviously, we know Sally Fields from Mrs. Doubtfire and Forrest Gump. She's tremendous um, in the show, and yeah, she does a really, really good job. Um, Michael Chiklis uh, is, uh, plays Red Auerbach, who is the uh, owner of the Boston Celtics. He's from, obviously, The Shield and Fantastic Four. Uh, Sean Patrick Small as Larry Bird. That's one of his first credits that I could find as well. And then um, Wood Harris plays Spencer Haywood. Um, and we know Wood from Remember the Titans and The Wire. And he does a really interesting job. He has a really interesting storyline. I mean, it's it's funny with, I'm sure with coming up with the show and the writers coming up with the show, you know, it's hard to decide on which stories you're going to tell obviously you got to talk like they're talking about the lakers as a whole you know it follows jerry bust a lot talks about their owner quite a bit with john c Riley, um, um playing things out and just all the happenings that he had to do to make the team the jerry bust had to do to make the team um <clears throat> but obviously a lot of it is about magic johnson too because he's just such an integral part of the team and everything and you know what what's happening in the coaching staff and then you know you got like 15 players to choose from. You can go anywhere down the line and follow them. And you really have to kind of choose the two big guys, right? So you have to choose Kareem and you have to choose Magic. So some of the other guys on the team, they probably had some really interesting stories too. But Spencer Haywood has a really somewhat tragic story. But again, really interesting. You can check it out. I'm sure there's history about his actual real story if you don't want to watch the show, but watch the show. Again, Wood Harris does a fantastic job. Um, again, I mentioned it before, but excellent, excellent casting. Um, I think, you know, it's it's for most most of the athletes and players and, and, and characters and actors and actresses, um, the, the casting director seemed to choose a lot of unknown, unknown people. And I think that's interesting because, you, you know, you want to choose people that at least somewhat resemble the real life characters. I guess it's always tough, um, when, you know, you have to pick someone who can act, I guess if they look just like them, it's bonus, you know, like the, like the guy who played Brian May from, Bohemian Rhapsody and you know a few a few t a few times there's been moments of casting glory where they actually found someone who was you know a perfect representation of of what the a real person looked like right but again do you choose acting chops you know in the um, people versus OJ Simpson that um American crime story season um Cuba Gooding Jr played OJ Simpson and he doesn't really look like OJ and he's like probably like six to ten inches shorter than him like legit like OJ's a big huge dude he was like bigger than all his lawyers and Cuba Gooding Jr. was smaller than everyone who played anyway so 
there has to be a suspension of disbelief. It's still television, still Hollywood. It's not perfect. So you got to still kind of look at it with an open mind and say, okay, this this isn't the fucking person. So, you know, that's how it's going to be. You're going to going to go, oh, okay, the person is acting. Duh. But when they can hit gold and find a, an actor that really looks like them and the actor does a good job you know, uh, portraying their mannerisms and maybe there's some makeup involved and some effects. Again, what they can do today is just fantastic with, um, with making these characters look like these guys sound like them. You know, Jamie Foxx is probably one of the best for sounding just like Ray Charles. And he, he actually sang all the parts too. So, um, with hard work on both ends from the casting directors and the actors themselves, you know, you can get some really, really interesting stuff. Um, and like I mentioned before, really interesting to portray a person who's still alive. Like, I wonder what Jerry West thought of the portrayal or what Kareem thought or what Magic thinks of his portrayals in, in the show, right? So, um, I think the direction of the show is really cool. Like, how, how they, the filmmakers actually, you know, choose how things are made. As I mentioned, you know, Adam McKay directed the first one, the, the pilot episode. Jonah Hill directed episode two. There's kind of this cool effect that they do where, you know, when I guess this is an effect kind of used in, in movies already, but they usually splice in like old newsreel or actually old footage from that time period to give the scene kind of more of a real effect. I guess it doesn't happen all the time, but you can kind of imagine this that in inserting this old film kind of gives the scene more of a authentic feel. And what they what they kind of did is they kind of just put an effect on one of the camera angles that made it look grainy and look like the film was from the 70s or the 80s. So that gives it a really interesting effect. They don't do it too much. They don't do it ad nauseum. But when they do it, it's it's, it's well done and it's it's such a again it just gives the this the scene a feeling of authenticity even though it's the same characters and i think it's always it's always interesting when you're going to make a biopic and you know now you're going to have to reshoot a famous especially with athletes you're going to have to reshoot famous sports illustrated covers or you're going to have to reshoot famous posters or you know things like that right so um um again i think they did a really good job at kind of making it feel authentic. The whole, the whole show, I think. Um, they also do this really cool trick. Sometimes at the beginning of the show and then sometimes after like act breaks and stuff. But they'll, after like the credits run, the opening credits, they'll just be like a flash of a scene. And sometimes it's a flash of like a, a scene that already happened. And then sometimes it's a flash of a scene that's already gonna happen so it's it's really really cool how they do that effect it's a little bit of a foreshadowing kind of thing um which is super cool and i think that they do this i think that they do this in other shows and 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 like like i said biopics like um i feel that they with new technology they can kind of use like almost like uh what's that like face app kind of thing that 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 one dude do, does those weird like Tom Cruise impressions with on uh on Instagram um it's like the face sync or what the hell do they call it the f 
anyway, it like you can like just superimpose someone else's face on yours and it like moves perfectly how you talk and how you make your own expressions. And it's like just like a filter basically. Like I wonder if they kind of do like a movie style version of that where they do kind of like not all the time, but in certain scenes they kind of tweak that or again they superimpose certain certain things or they tweak old footage to kind of make it look like it's a real person because they did a really good job. Like there's some scenes, especially when they're actually playing basketball, um, where you're like, holy shit, that actually looks like Magic Johnson. This guy actually kind of moves like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like it's super fucking cool. Um, they actually do like some cool little side plots about Kareem and and, and kind of talk about his life, um, you know, before and his, his kind of struggles. Um, kind of coming out of the 70s into the 80s. I'll touch on that. And, and what that was kind of like for the, for the NBA, but um, but it's really interesting. And, and in fact, um, they talk about in the show. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually means uh, instrument of God, which I think is really interesting. Um, and um, he's kind of reminded of his faith a lot in, in the show, and you know it seems to be tested a lot as as an athlete at that time where things were kind of transitioning from professional athletes were doing it just for sport into things were kind of starting to transition into there's more celebrity involved and more fame and things like that. Um, you can't really talk about the 1980s Lakers without talking about the Celtics. Like I mentioned before, um, you, you, you know, the Celtics and, and Lakers had a, had a mean rivalry. You know, I have this huge banner Celtics banner in the studio. It's, um, it's kind of weird talking about just the Lakers, but again, a fascinating time. And, um, you know, I, um, I did a great podcast. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out, um, on magic and bird, which is a great documentary, but it talks a lot about obviously the state of everything in the NBA and how magic Johnson and, and Larry bird, um, coming into the league kind of gave uh, it gave there was this big push of you know magic being the city flashy hollywood kind of guy from la and then larry bird being the kind of country white boy from from boston and you know they they essentially kind of like rein, reinvigorated the nba but um in the, in the show and I think that the filmmakers are doing this on purpose. They do a really interesting representation of Larry Bird. And, you know, Larry Bird has, is known to be surly. You know, he wasn't, in, he wasn't interested in doing interviews with newspapers and things like that. I don't know how rude he was about things. But, again, like I said, it sounded like he was a really tough mofo on the, on the court. And the show and... Um, uh, Sean Patrick Small, who plays Larry, um, does a pretty good job of making him seem like a major dick. And it's interesting. I think they're setting him up. And if you haven't seen the podcast, go check it out. But Or if you haven't seen the documentary Magic and Bird, go check that out too. But I talk a lot about, you know, Magic and Bird had such an interesting relationship where they were bitter, bitter rivals, but they were also like virtual doppelgangers on the court they look they identical games they were more interested they weren't more interested in getting their own points they were interested in spreading spreading things out and giving things and being unselfish and playing defense and bringing a whole new attitude to the nba that at the time was kind of dwindling people didn't really care about it as much 
and players had a different attitude. They were more interested in just getting their points and getting their their shit done and getting um, getting their fame and fortune um, before the team and before winning championships. But Larry and uh, Magic really changed that for the NBA. And I think um, I think the filmmakers are just kind of setting that up by making Larry a big dick because, spoiler warning, and I hope they do a, a just justice in the show. Larry and Magic become like best friends, and it's a really truly touching and sweet friendship, and it's a very cool story of how they were rivals and and did become friends, and um, the. I hope the show it, it did get renewed for a second season. I hope the show continues on and does it does it justice, um, because that's a really cool story and I think it deserves being told. Um, another thing I want to talk about, you know, it's hard doing sports movies. It's hard doing a sports show, but anything that's obviously based off a real story. Um, it's hard doing a sports movie, A, because you have to represent the sports. You have to show them the the characters in the show playing the sport. And sometimes it's hard because maybe some of the actors don't actually know how to play the sport. So you don't want them out there like looking like absolute knobs, I'm sure. So that's something you kind of have to work around. I know that I think there's a scene like potentially from Twilight or something where there's this guy he's supposed to be the quarterback of the football team and he's throwing absolute ducks with some sidearm action. Sorry, just choking on coffee. Um, anyway, so, you know, you have to kind of get actors that are relative athletes or at least can look in the moment like athletes on camera. Um, but... You know, you know, you have your Blue Mountain States or whatever where it's like completely fictional and you do your thing there. But when you're trying to do an actual real story, you know, you got to kind of get athletes. You know, these guys are real superior athletes. They're, they did fantastic, amazing things on the field and the court and whatever you want to call it. And if you don't really do justice to them, it's going to look weird. And if you don't represent them as you should, it's going to be strange viewing let's just put it that way um you know friday night lights i think the movie was a tremendous um a tremendous job it did a did absolutely great job at um portraying kind of what it was like for football goon is a great sports movie one of my favorite movies i was shout out danny purcell um i always love that movie and uh bug him about that but really good representation of a team and how things work together you know I've talked about movies that you know are great representations of of bands and Bohemian Rhapsody was one of them I talked about already but it did a good job at kind of showing about what it's like to be in a band and the interaction and everything like that but um I think Winning Time does a really good job at that as well I think Overall, again, it's a hard task, but I think they do a really good job. They picked they picked good ath they picked good actors that portray these athletes and and they get along in a certain fashion. Um, Remember the Titans is is also another tremendous movie. Speaking of um, sp- speaking of Wood Harris, like I mentioned, he was in Rem- Remember the Titans, another great great sports movie. So Wood Harris, you're killing it in the sports movies. Um. 
And then obviously in any biopic, there's liberties with the plot. And I think that that's always a bit of an issue because there's certain times where you're like, this is a closed room. This is a closed conversation between two people. Unless one of these people told you exactly what happened, how could you possibly know what they said? You know, especially if someone, if two people that are speaking were dead or, you know, again, I get that you can, you can imagine things and you can add things to the plot, of course, but, you know, it would suck being, especially, like I said, if there's people alive still um, that, that are being represented in the movie, it would suck wa- be watching the movie being one of those people and going like, man, this is not exactly how it went down. Like, that would be really annoying. So... I guess you have to be careful, but then at the same time, you know, there's room for artistic interpretation, right? And adding to it only adds to the emotions and it highlights how these characters or these real people would have actually felt in the moment. The show is obviously uh, set in the late 80s into the early, or sorry, set in the late 70s and into the early 80s. It was a different, different era of basketball. Like I mentioned before, you know, um, interest in the NBA was dwindling. Um, <clears throat> the 1979 NCAA final actually had like twice as many viewers as the NBA final that year. And that was actually where Magic and Larry played against each other. The Indiana State Sycamores played Michigan, Michigan State Spartans and uh, Michigan State beat Indiana and Magic won the NCAA final. He won a state championship like a couple years before. And then he won with the Lakers. Again, spoiler alert, it's real, so whatever. Won an, uh, a championship with the Lakers like in his rookie year, I guess. So all within like three years, he won the the best fucking trophies you can win for basketball in the States. Um, but essentially the way that they, the way that the NBA and legit David Stern, who was the NBA commissioner up until fairly recently, um, they basically put Magic and Johnson, Magic and Johnson, they put Magic and Larry against each other and created this whole narrative, this whole Luke Skywalker versus, uh, Darth Vader kind of thing. And, um, you know, city versus country and all that kind of thing. So. They really made it interesting and a lot of stuff that they changed, a lot of rules they made. And, you know, again, there's interesting insights in the show where they talk about, you know, we'd make a lot more money if these (coughs) if these series went a little bit in if they were a little bit longer. You know, these seven game series, if they went to game seven, that's two or three more games that we'd have, you know, stuff like that. So you start to think like the business involved with these with these teams, you know, trading and this and that and this. It's kind of shady, some of the shit that goes down. With other human lives, that is. Um, but again, you know, at one point in the show, Magic is negotiating a contract and he's trying to get $100,000 a year versus today's rookie contracts are starting at 900000 a year and that's like a starting rookie like who knows about like Zion Williamson or like some like number one you know money money recruit they're making mad dough um it was a different era of basketball and it was also a different era of society you know you obviously had Boston versus LA you had a lot of really heavy duty racial shit going on there which is terrible but um but it went down the show does a pretty good job at at, at talking about that 
Um, and, you know, Jerry Buss, the owner, is kind of like a classic playboy type dude. And, you know, his behavior with the ladies is very highlighted in the show. And, you know, again, it's a, it was a different era. And, um, you know, again, it's John C. Riley playing Jerry Buss. So he's really good. He had some great humor in there. And, but John C. Riley's a, a tremendous actor, and it's interesting the way the filmmakers have portrayed Jerry. Um, I mean, anyone who has that, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to be successful, even if it costs me my friends and family, it's hard to relate, you know. This happens a lot to people who are perceived to be successful and perceived to be great. Um, but, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting take, um, on that whole pioneering businessman kind of thing. Um, you know, great things can be done, but do they have to kind of cost you everything? Who knows, right? Um, maybe to some people and maybe some, sometimes it comes easy to others. Who knows, right? Like, it's really hard to say. Um, but but the way John C. John C. Riley does um, portray Jerry Buss is again, there's a kind of a sad clown element to it, and he does whatever he can, whatever he can. And Sally Field does a great job as his mother, and and um, Jeannie Buss, who is Jerry Buss's daughter, is involved too. And there's some really interesting scenes where they're kind of talking about, you know, they have to support. Jerry because he's fragile and that's how all men are and it's it's an interesting point you know sometimes we need to be lifted up and sometimes we need that support even though we act all tough and act all like like playboys and stuff like that um like I mentioned before the show is renewed for a second season so it's really I'm really excited to see what they do um the the first season ends with uh with LA winning winning their first title and they go on to win a bunch they go on to play against Boston a few more times and it's really interesting where they're going to go with the story I'm I'm super excited I hope they keep doing it um and I'll kind of leave you with this one one last thought you know biopics of any kind you know whether it's sports or otherwise have importance because you know we can we can get to do at least when we watch them, we get to at least imagine, you know, where these characters of history were, what they were kind of thinking. We can kind of at least put ourselves in those situations a little bit more, feel like we're inside it. You know, where there's the the, the darkest hour with um, Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. You know, you you finally think, oh my God, these this moment, these moments in history that happen. You know, they are cinematic. There's so much story and there's so much info. And, and juicy information that's in there and it needs to be told to people and people need to understand that and I think people need to understand that because there's something to be learned from these characters in history because they're being put in real life scenarios and yeah maybe it's the fucking NBA championship but there's something about that that human experience and understanding that these are just athletes and they're going through things and they're people too and and we raise them up on pedestals and how much that affects them too and fame and life and their job and and all those different things that are involved in these real life scenarios we finally can 
it, it's it's closer to home than something that's complete fiction. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, of course, filmmakers will take liberties with the biopics, but again, it's to highlight those emotions. It's to it's to put you more in. So try not to like I do sometimes. Try not to overanalyze when they take things to a different a different place. Um, I think the last thing I want to say is. You know, I think if we imagine along with these characters and we put ourselves in those situations, um, I think if we understand them more, you know, maybe we can strengthen our own understanding of of the universe and how things work. So go check out this show, Winning Time. Go check out another biopic. Find out more information about the 1980s Lakers. It's super cool. Again, I hope that second season comes out super soon. I'm really, I'm really excited to see how they do. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome story. And, um, again, I think it's, a, it's something special about that. And I can't wait till they keep making more shows like this. HBO never really misses people. So go check it out. Thanks for listening. Again, if you have a chance, if you like the podcast, please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, and subscribe to the podcast um and or to our channel so that you never miss a miss a video that we drop um please reach out to the podcast if you ever want to listen or if you ever want to hear a a a podcast on a certain topic please let us know please reach out on our uh, instagram or twitter at the big mark podcast at the big mark pod um and if you want to support the podcast please hit us up on our patreon patreon.com slash the big mark pod thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you soon beat la peace